When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a special Thursday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Matthew, coming at you a day early here because we got a Friday episode where we're going to do our Acrisure Fan Advantage. It's a big week as the Steelers fight for their playoff lives, but the Ravens will be without Lamar Jackson. We know that. Will they be without other key factors? And will the Steelers get key factors back of themselves on defense? All that here and more on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We're both at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Read all our work at post-gazette.com. Find this show and all of our shows on your favorite on, on YouTube. You can you can like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel and get all of the daily content that comes out from all of our sports writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And subscribe to this on your local, on your, on your favorite uh, podcasting app if you're listening to it there right now. As always, we're sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar on the Pittsburgh. We're not there right now because this week's a crazy week with the Saturday game and the schedule gets jumbled up so we got we got to make adjustments but mike's beer bar is the best bar in all of pittsburgh they're on federal street right across the street from pnc park they have over 500 different available beers 300 of those beers are local and 80 of those local beers are available on tap you can also get a flight to try out any one of those different options and they're switching all ones new ones in and out all the time go to mike's beer bar today for the best bar experience in pittsburgh Brian, the Steelers got some big news that the Ravens were definitely going to rest Lamar Jackson. It made the most sense. Lamar Jackson is the only starting quarterback from the start of the season who has been healthy for most of the year, if not all of the year. Um, as Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, they've been out for the season. Kenny Pickett is healthy again, but he's playing backup because of the Steelers' unique circumstances with Mason Rudolph playing lights out. Um, so it makes sense that they're going to sit him, but – there are plenty of other players on the Ravens that have made them the number one seed in the AFC and arguably the best team in football right now. Are there any other key players that you see the Ravens sitting in this game that Steelers fans should take be keep keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be mostly on the defensive side of the ball, Chris, which is mm. probably good because Steelers offense is, is rolling right now. So, you know, guys like Roquan Smith in, in the middle of their defense, Patrick Queen, Justin Matabuke on, on the defensive line. And then the secondary is banged up for them to begin with. So they, they might have some actually you know, injured inactives in among that group so that as they try to rest up for the playoffs. But, you know, they, they've probably got the best secondary in the league right now, too. I mean, I, I thought, you know, there was a lot of talk among Steelers fans of Minka Fitzpatrick making the Pro Bowl. Why? Like, even his <laughs> biggest supporters here in Pittsburgh are kind of just like, what are we doing here, NFL? You know, he did not have even close to a Pro Bowl caliber season. He was banged up, didn't produce takeaways like he usually does. Not that he played poorly. Teams were avoiding throwing the ball his way. But, you know, just when you go by the numbers, 
it wasn't that kind of year for him. One guy who got snubbed from the safety position is Geno Stone uh, from the mm. Baltimore Ravens. And he's a Newcastle High School graduate, played in the Whippeal, played at Iowa, seven picks this year. Now, you know, savvy football fans know that just because you got seven picks doesn't mean that, you know, you're the second best defensive back in the NFL. But, you know, it, it's got to count for something. He's been a shot in the arm for the Ravens. He might still play this week, but around him, Kyle Hamilton, who's been their stud second year, just do everything kind of safety. Uh, he's got an injury that he's nursing to begin with. Marlon Humphrey, same deal. Brandon Stevens, their other outside corner, same deal. So you're going to get some some feisty guys on the outside who are probably trying to uh, you know put some good film out there. And on the inside, slot corner, an old friend and Arthur Millette, who mm -hmm. you would love nothing more than to make some plays in this game with a skeleton crew on defense for Baltimore and knock his old team out of the playoffs in the uh, you know, in one fell swoop. Because I don't think he was very happy with how his tenure here ended in Pittsburgh. Otherwise, nice guy. But uh, I think he felt slighted by uh, by what went down here with the Steelers. He was pretty loud when he uh, – he sat, I think he sacked Kenny Pickett during the first game. He was pretty emphatic about it. Uh, making a big play there. The Steelers got the last lap in that game, but I'm sure Arthur Marlette does want the last lap here. Uh, you know, it's funny. He ain't played Mason Rudolph, though, Chris. Uh, he ain't played – this is very true. He, uh, unless it was on the scout team. Oh, um, well, yeah. They probably did play each other quite a bit in training <laughs> camp and whatnot over uh, the previous two seasons, but he ain't seen this Mason Rudolph. That's a good storyline here, too, is like a lot of people talking about the Rudolph redemption versus the Ravens because he got knocked out by that Earl Thomas hit in 2019, and that – really was the first thing that like cracked the door open for duck you know things yeah. were going fairly well for rudolph to that point and then you know duck comes in and gives them a little bit of that new qb bounce it was, it was a lot like the tommy devito storyline this year for the uh giants for a little bit that's kind of what duck was coming in and he beats the chargers on the road rudolph did get his job back once he was cleared from concussion protocol but people also forget that when Rudolph came in for Duck against the Jets, he was playing pretty well. When they benched Duck to go back to Mason, then he got, um, what was it, a collarbone or something, a pretty scary injury uh, on a hit in that game. Yeah. And that's Otherwise, yeah, otherwise he would have started the next week down in Baltimore against the Ravens. But instead he was knocked out for the year and Duck had to go back in. And, well, the rest is history. They got pounded by the Ravens' backups in the final game of the season at M&T Bank Stadium. But I digress. That doesn't seem relevant to this week at all yeah i think this is a different team compared to that 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 was a team that when they got to eight wins <clears> that <throat> season it was like how in the world did they do that this is yeah, more i was being sarcastic but you're right, right it is a lot different because they had duck at quarter well they had a backup at quarterback that kind of mm -hmm. tracks no it's 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 a very much <laughs> different field. nobody was optimistic about the steelers chances i think going down there even against an rg3 led ravens offense yeah, it was it was kind of like you know they were they were pittering out, whereas this this Steelers team is heating up right now. Uh, but you know, you know who was on that ring, Chris, and I talked to him this week in the locker room. Miles Boykin, he's in his second year with the Steelers. God, he was there. Yeah. yeah, and I was I brought that up to him. He's like, oh, I remember 2019. That was all the talk. It was the same deal. We'd clinched the number one seed. The Ravens did, and all that was left for us was to play spoiler at home against the Steelers. And he said. The talk all week in that building was, let's knock them out of the playoffs. Let's go kick their butts, and that's. That's what they did. Cam Hayward mentioned that yesterday too. He's like, mm -hmm. that game was miserable. It was pouring. We we just we got our rear ends kicked. So there's still that bitter taste in, in the mouths of some Steelers, although there's not too many who are around in 2019 who are still here. Uh Boykins just got a 
unique perspective because he was on the other side of that one. Certainly. Uh, and one thing that we were talking about the defense here, you know, I think a lot of people, when they talk about they, they love it in the defensive player of the year conversation, a lot of people saying, well, Miles Garrett plays on the best defense in the NFL. I think the Ravens might be the best defense in the NFL. I mean, you just look at them statistically. They've given up the fewest points. They have the most turnovers. They've given up the fewest passing touchdowns, the fewest rushing touchdowns. They rank at the top of the league in, in pretty much all the major cat categories. Um, I just I look at that defense, and when they're healthy, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, both of them are flying around the middle part of the field. Marlon Humphrey's a premier cornerback. Kyle Hamilton has played for, has played phenomenally this year. Geno Stone's been solid uh, as as well. Um, they they've been bringing it, and Jadavian Clowney's been a been a factor for them this this, this year. I, I look at that team and I say, like, man, this is actually a big deal. This 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 defense, if they're resting that many players, if they do rest that many players, and tracking what they did back to 2019, they did rest their entire team basically and they still beat up the Steelers uh in in that situation that's where Cam Hayward he was like look we're not overlooking anybody because we remember we've been in that spot before the Steelers have to take every sense of this game seriously heck Tyler Huntley if I remember correctly he beat them last year when Mitch Trubisky came in and threw three interceptions uh in, in that in that game that was at Akersher Stadium so uh and that and if the Steelers have won that game they would have been in the playoffs so it's very much a case where the Steelers need to follow through. Uh, and it's crazy to think that is the – out of this last seven times that these two teams have faced, that is the only loss the Steelers have, which crazy to think in, in the history of this rivalry that that would ever get that lopsided. But the Steelers need to make it seven of eight if they want to have the best chances of making the playoffs right now. Yeah, it is fascinating how in the series between these two, the Steelers have been dominating, and yet the Ravens are back out these two franchises overall trajectories are there's a pretty big gap I think right now between the Ravens and the Steelers and the biggest part of that is who's a guy who hasn't played in a lot of these meetings between the two Lamar Jackson at quarterback mm -hmm. but your point Chris it's probably underrated a bit how this Ravens defense is I think overachieving and it's probably a testament to the coaching and the culture there mm -hmm. I mean yes you're right a guy like Roquan Smith in the middle of the defense stud Kyle Hamilton's a stud. They've got a lot of them in the secondary. But edge rusher, you know, an area of the, the field where the Steelers spend the most money, they've got retreads like Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy and young unproven guys like Adafe Owe. So it's it's really impressive that they're, you know, the hole is greater than the sum of its parts down there in, in Baltimore. Even dudes up front like Justin Matabuke and Travis Jones, I don't think anybody really puts them in the Cam Hayward or – um, you know, even like Larry Ogunjobi type of uh, territory in terms of resume uh, or talent. But, you know, here they are just uh, pushing people around. And we know that these are two teams who generally have a lot of the same philosophies, you know, run the same sort of style of defense. And yet uh, I think the Ravens are, are getting better results overall. But the Steelers have been beset by a lot more injuries than Baltimore has. So that's a factor as well. I agree. It's, it's certainly a factor here as well. Um, the Steelers are getting back. Mika Fitzpatrick, Anna Lynn, and Roberts on practice on Wednesday. We will see on Thursday how that continues with the practice reports Thursday and Friday uh, to be the, the kind of the telling stories of how this will go. Uh, but that's a very good sign for two guys in the key middle part of the defense. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but we also have to get to your questions because with the accuracy fan advantage, there's always good, good questions from Steelers fans who want more of the insider look. We'll get that insider look from Brian in just a minute here. 
here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Stick with us. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, it's right on Federal Street across from PNC Park. They have over 20 televisions. So if you want to go there, if you can't make it to Baltimore and you want to see the Steelers game Saturday, or you want to pop in and just make sure you're keeping track of all the, the games that they need to go right for them to make the playoffs, you could do that because they have over 20 televisions. You could even reserve a table with a specific television so that you can make sure that you're keeping an eye on the games that, that really matter to you. That can also go for NBA games, NHL games, college basketball, the national championship that's coming up for college football. Uh, so many different things you can watch there. And while you're there, you're enjoying over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area. 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And they're always switching new ones in and out to get a new experience every single time. And you can also order amazing meals like their steak on a stone where they bring a, a steak to you on a heated stone. Every time you cut off a piece of the steak, you press it into the stone. You choose how well done you want every single bite of your steak. And that's the best. And, and that's the best time at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. So go to Mike's Beer Bar, get your sports fix, and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, tell them Chris sent you. We're back here on the, um, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We now change to the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all season long we bring you closer to the Steelers than ever before, featuring exclusive answers from our man here, Brian Batko, to your questions that you submitted on Acrisure.com slash Fan Advantage. Go there for more information to submit your questions today to get on the Acrisure Fan Advantage. This week's Acrisure Fan Advantage question comes from Mike F. Is it Mike Florio? Is he trying to get an inside scoop for his next show? I don't know. But – Mike F. asks, with all the questions being asked to the team and the coaches about what has been the spark in the last two weeks, why hasn't one player or coach said that much about Mason Rudolph? He's like, if I have to hear Joe Flacco's name one more time from his players, I'm going to throw up. Something just doesn't seem right, especially with whatever Ben's relationship was with him and then the Miles Garrett incident. Why does it seem that Mason isn't respected in that sense Good question from Mike F here. Brian, do not you like feel Florio. Like I know it's it's our uh, frequent listener and reader, uh, Mike, up in, in Jersey. Fun fact about him, he actually is a football official in Jersey, and he refed Kenny Pickett in a game. So, Get out of here. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, so it works out but, because he's a Steelers fan. But but to, 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 the, to the point here, do you feel the Steelers aren't giving enough hype around Mason Rudolph's play the last two games, Brian? Because I feel like there's a lot of respect for what he's done, uh, you know, but they're not – also overhyping it, saying that like he's 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 being all pro right now or anything like that. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say to to Mike's question is I just think there's a conscious effort to not overdo it in in terms of support for Rudolph because it is a delicate situation a little bit when you've got a first round pick in his second year drafted to be the quote unquote franchise quarterback. Even though players and coaches don't use that term, all of us on the outside, of course, do. So I, I think there's just, um, you know, they, they don't want to sort of put Pickett in an awkward situation where they're really like rallying behind Rudolph and making it seem like he's the entire reason why this offense has, has turned it around. Even if there are guys who in their heart of hearts believe that, I don't think you can say that publicly. So, and, and guess what? Rudolph is not the type of guy who's going to be bothered by that. I don't think, I mean, shoot, you, right. The, the amount of stuff that he's been through to this point in his pro career, this, if, if there was any sort of like, um, you know, less than enthusiastic praise for his play by teammates, I think that would be a pebble in his shoe. To right. Use a Mike Tomlinism. So 
yeah, I mean, I think he understands the dynamics at play here. And I think a lot of the players do as well. You know, Kenny Pickett's a captain, only offensive captain voted on by the team. And, you know, these, these guys just want to win. They just want to produce. They want the offense to move the ball, score points, score touchdowns. Clearly, they are thrilled that they're doing that with Rudolph at the helm. But I don't think there's going to be any sort of uh, you know public campaigning for one quarterback over the other. That that wouldn't really be a good look. That wouldn't be good for the drama or distractions of the locker room. No, I'm right with you there. I just I look at this at this team and I think I think that they're they're they they know what the what the priority is right now. And Najee Harris has even brought up that the identity is being able to run the football. But to be able to run the football, you need someone who can competently pass the ball around, take the open shots when they're there. And that's what Mason Rudolph's done. And they give him full credit for that. But you know, much like how Mike Tomlin was kind of, you know, said when we asked him at the before the season opener about Brock Purdy. And you know, I, I remember asking him like, hey, what does he do special? And he's like, hey, that's that's Kyle Shanahan's system, man. He 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 makes he makes things easier on the quarterback to do that. And you know, after that first game, people were like, mm, maybe he brought up Purdy's that. And after a while, people said, Oh no, it is Kyle Shanahan's system and when and how he spreads things out and gives Brock, Brock Purdy good options. And that doesn't minimize Brock Purdy's talents as as a guy who's managed a lot of games very well. But that's where Mason Rudolph is. And I think that that's where the Steelers need him to be is to doing those things. And they're fine with that. And everyone respects that. But like you said, they're not going to over overhype it as well. I used to call Mason Rudolph the Charlie Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers because this is a dude who did as much as he could right when he came in at twenty in 2019 when Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. In his first three games, he threw two touchdowns in all in all three games. Remember he winning to Davian Clowney? What did you say? Remember when he winked at Jadavian Clowney? Yeah, and, and like everyone's in that game, cool. but yeah, yeah, he had some some moxie. He he had, he had the moxie. I mean, in his first few games, he 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 had uh, in first few games he had 124 passer rating in his first game against the Bengals. They won that 27 to three, and before Earl Thomas knocked him out with a headshot, he had 100 passer rating against the Ravens that year, and they were doing all right in in, in that game. He comes back after two games, plays okay. And then eventually has the really bad game against the Browns where he throws four interceptions. And of course, Miles Garrett assaults him with the helmet, accuses him of using a slur against him. That kind of goes against his name. He gets benched for Duck Hodges, comes back eventually against the Jets and gets his collarbone broken. That was like the most worst luck year I've ever seen for, for like a quarterback uh, who wasn't playing terribly for most of the season. And that's kind of, that kind of defined him since then. So I, I, I'm right with you as far as like, any adversity. I don't think Mason Rudolph feels any slight here at all. I think that he's just, hey, I'm taking my ride while I can. I'm making play, what plays I can. I'm helping the team as the backup quarterback who's now starting quarterback because I'm playing well. And I think that everyone kind of gets that. And it's good that they have that kind of level ahead of this right now. Yeah, I think that's well said by you that he's sort of your classic backup QB, at least at this point in his career. That, that was one of the reasons why I was skeptical of bringing in Mitch Trubisky and then even extending him was like, you know, I think he's a guy who still feels like he deserves to be a starter in the league. And, you know, he's probably proven me wrong to an extent with how he's been with Pickett. You know, clearly they've developed a rapport rather than, you know, jealousy, uh, you know, poisoning that relationship or friendship at all. But Rudolph is just kind of that typical guy now who, I mean, he said it himself on Tuesday, it, like when he was the number three, he's just kind of joking around with guys at practice. He's trying to keep things light. I do think he's well-liked in the locker room. I think even going back to early in his career when he's kind of the hotshot rookie, I mean, I think he was just one of the guys with a lot of the offensive linemen on that team. So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, now it's it's different. He's he's thriving in this role at, at this point. And, um, you know, I to, to Mike's question again, just to finish up, like, I don't think there's any sort of animosity towards him because of all the, you know, I, I guess you could call it controversy earlier in his career. I do sometimes wonder, like, do, do players come in from the outside from other teams who had never met him or know him, like, see him in the locker room and be like, hey, man, you, did you say that? Did you say it? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. But no, I, I think he's uh, I think he's a guy who has good relationships uh, throughout the team. And it's hard not to when you've been you – know, you're one of the longest tenured players. You're actually the longest tenured player on offense, I believe, at this point. So it would, it would be hard not to – develop some uh you know some some good uh some good friends and he was joking too about how he and tj watt give each other mm-hmm. crap uh you know both in in practice and away from the practice field at the facility so yeah i think everybody's everybody's happy with what's going on with rudolph but at the same time you're not gonna certainly not gonna throw kenny pickett or even mitch trubisky under the bus with their comments and heck, they're they're all joking with each other, like Kenny Pickett and him, like they're friends, like they're 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 being very cordial in front of us. Like that's the other thing is that like there there is not a there is not a, a rift in between the locker room right now because Mason and Kenny hate each other because they well, each one of them wants to start. That's not what's going on. Do both of them want to be able to prove that they're a quarterback? Absolutely, they, but that's part of the competitive nature, and that's part. It is always a delicate thing in any quarterback room, but. When you look at, at how how things are being handled, Kenny Pickett is supporting is supporting Mason Rudolph just like many Mason Rudolph supported Kenny Pickett. So I, I think that there's th- th- that's not as much of a thing. Um, and I do think that I, I get Mike Mike's question because if you're a Steelers fan and you're thinking like, man, like you are seeing a lot of praise for Joe Flacco and what he's doing for the Cleveland Browns right right now, but. I think that's a very different situation because Deshaun Watson's out for the year. There's no like you know there's there's not a there's not another person in there that, that you have to worry about. And also Joe Flacco's done some actually pretty remarkable things coming off of being and he's a also not the most likable guy to begin with. Yeah, yes, <laughs> so, another part of it. Yes, yeah, so. not not exactly breaking news there. Right. So a lot of questions there, but we thank Mike for the question because it gives us a chance to shine some light on that. But with that being said, we got to focus back on the Steelers' chances to make the playoffs. We'll focus not on just their game, but all the games that they that they need to make work. Which really, it's only a it's only one game if they win. If they lose, they need two things to happen. We'll get into all those different per- possibilities in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Chris Carter, Brian Batko. But first, we'll remind you this was the Accrisure Fan Advantage seg- segment. Here we have tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna have a Ravens expert on where we break down all things from their camp, what they're looking at this at this game. They they are going to take this game seriously. They do want to make sure that they do their part to beat the Steelers. Uh, and we'll get into all the things there with that discussion. So join us on the Friday episode of this podcast when we bring on the full Accrisure Fan Advantage, Advantage. But if you want to get your questions, Questions on future episodes, go be sure to visit acroshirt.com slash fan advantage to get more information uh on, on that and submit your questions today. So we're brought to you by the Accrisure Fan Advantage. We're also brought to you by Savinas Kane and Galucci with Vesathelia Oma and Asbestos Lloyd with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and Galucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co. We're buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the app you can download right to your phone to make t- buying tickets stress-free and easy to get for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you've ever had to buy tickets for, for an event, you're running late or you're just trying to save money or you're thinking i'll wait to the day of instead of going up to the ticket booth and paying the highest prices or looking for scalpers to get great prices that you might get gypped out on on fake seats or bad tickets 
you can make sure that you're getting the best of both worlds by getting game time because game time is going to get you the best prices that you can see on an app right in your phone and when you're looking at those best prices you're going to see in the app the view from the seats that you're actually purchasing so you're getting the best deals you're making sure that you're getting the best views and that's the best of both worlds when you download the game time app today so go get game time right now and they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less somewhere else game time credit to 110 percent of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms of business apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko, both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Brian, okay, before we get to the Steelers game, Let's break down the playoff scenarios. If the Steelers win, that is their most likely chance to get into the playoffs because they Chris, win. I, respectfully, okay. I, I refer to these as the DeMonte KZ return scenarios. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I forgot his suspension was reduced so he can return. Everybody that forgets that. This is the get DeMonte KZ back on the field <laughs> scenarios, if you're asking me. There you go. And that would be crazy. The Steelers went from basically having scotch tape keeping keeping together their safety room with Patrick Peterson and Miles Killebrew and then having both of those guys back. How would that even work with Patrick Peterson the way that he's been playing lately? Hmm. I was going to say, do you think DeMonte KZ would be willing to be the three at safety? I, I don't think it matters what you're willing to do. I, I think it matters what they think they can get the best chemistry with. That, and that was that was a time. That was just a, a timely little. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I know I know what you're getting at here, but I do think it matters. Um, you know how they how they would deploy that room. But let's talk about how they can get to that that point in the first place okay. before we get to get ahead of ourselves. So first, of course, if the Steelers win, there are only one of two games that need to happen in their favor. Either a the 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 Buffalo Bills beat them, or no, the, the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills in Miami Sunday night, and the the knocking the Buffalo Bills back to not to ten and seven. The Steelers, if they win, they'd be ten and seven. They'd have a better conference record. That would get the Steelers in over the Buffalo over the Buffalo Bills. That's one way to do it. If the or or or, <laughs> or if the Bills beat the Dolphins, the Steelers can still get in. If the Tennessee Titans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're also in Tennessee. Uh, the Jaguars would fall to nine and eight, dropping them behind the Steelers. And whoever wins the Texans Colts game would win the AFC South, making them the four seat. And the Steelers would then jump would, would then jump ahead of the Jaguars there. So putting them in that position. So those are the two things that need to happen. But Brian, both yes. of the teams that they need to beat those opponents, the Dolphins to the Bills and the Titans to the Jaguars, they've lost three straight times to those teams. So they're needing either one of those teams to flip the script from the recent history. Every loss gets you closer to a win, right? And that the, <laughs> the hidden vigorish, uh, you know, philosophy. But just beyond those trends and, and patterns and streaks, like the teams that the Steelers need to lose, unfortunately for them, as generally tends to be this time of year, they're the more desperate teams in this mm-hmm. scenario because either one could be out with a loss starting with Buffalo. I mean, it honestly, it'd be kind of a shame at just for football viewership uh, entertainment value. If, if that yeah. team doesn't squeak into the playoffs now, that would obviously mean that they you know, stumbled in some way against Miami, but there'd be no shame in losing to a Dolphins team that despite all their troubles lately, and a lot of them injury inflicted is still very good and very talented and very well coached. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Dolphins have their motivations too. They lose. They don't win the division. They're probably going on the road to Kansas City uh, in the first round. Who would want that uh, you know, challenge for them when they think they can win the Super Bowl? So that's a, a, an intriguing matchup. And then on the other side, it's the classic, you know, Jags have everything to play for. Titans have nothing to play for except right. pride. And I think uh, if I'm, I might be conflating two famous Mike Vrabel press conference answers, but I think he would cut off his manhood to not lose this game and finish uh, five and what would it be five and 12, right? For yeah. The Titans? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, he did, he did uh, say this week, talk just really pounding the table, possibly literally down there in Nashville about how losing sucks and he, don't sleep when you lose. They've been doing a lot of that this season. They've been doing a lot of that over the last couple of years. So they're going to be that team that really just wants to play spoiler, really just wants to screw over a division rival in Jacksonville. And as we know, the Jaguars have problems of their own with Trevor Lawrence's injuries, just, you know, a, a lot of other, um, you know, they're get, possibly getting Christian Kirk back, but most significant, of course, they may have cursed themselves back in week eight by stomping on the terrible towel here at Acrisure Stadium, <laughs> very well could come back to haunt them, Chris. My goodness. That's, that's, they beat the Steelers. The they won the battle, but but will they ultimately lose the war, the war with Myron Cook's terrible time? There have been quite a few Steelers fans who've been bringing up those screenshots and be like, mm, it's right there. If, if they lose and knock themselves out of the playoffs, that would be funny. Now, here's the other part of this. If the Steelers lost to the Ravens, they still could get into the playoffs they would need the Jaguars to lose to the Titans, but that would become an and situation, not an or situation. They would need the Jaguars to lose to the Titans, and they would need the Raiders to lose to the Broncos because there's still a chance for the Raiders to make it into the playoffs. So then you're talking about either or those, you know, an and situation there where they finish nine and eight, but because the Jaguars and the and the Raiders lost, they would still be the seventh seed there, uh, regardless of things. So I look at these situations. I feel well, no, Chris, actually just I do think the Raiders are out, but tiebreakers would come into play. My apologies. Yeah, actually, you are correct. The Raiders are completely eliminated. It's my bad for, mis- for misunderstanding that. Um, so but either way, yeah, Steelers game still relevant. If the, the game's still win. relevant to, to their to their chances. Um, but either way, that would they, you're right. That would that would create a tiebreaker situation, which would knock the Steelers out, out of the playoffs. But that's what they would need. That would need to uh to happen there. So all that being said. If the Steelers play this play this game and they and they and they and they lose, they look at that situation. But let's let's throw that out. I think if 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 you're expecting a Raiders team that's actually been playing well to you know to kind of to kind of fold in that situation, I think that that's that's putting a bad spot here. Do you see a chance? Do you see a legitimate chance for either the Dolphins or the Jaguars or the, excuse me or the Titans to win their games? And if you do, which is the more likely between them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I think we're gonna be watching intently on Sunday, and and I think yeah. that at least one of those is is gonna look good. Now the the Jaguars Titans play at one. Buffalo Miami is is the night game. I think that NFL is referring to it as game two seventy two, the last one of the regular season. But yeah, I, I think both of those games could could very well go the Steelers' way, provided they beat the Ravens and. It, to me, it could be the Titans over the Jags because of all the issues that, that Doug Peterson's crew is having and because Mike Vrabel's team. It, it's it's sort of like last year when the Steelers needed 
the Jets to beat the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were not playing well at that time. I think they had your boy Skylar Thompson at QB, uh, and the Jets were sort of just a rudderless team, but with a hard-ass type of coach in Robert Sala. They didn't quite pull off the upset, but they were close, and that's, to me, kind of how Titans-Jags could play out. The other funny thing is, I know I was, was it on this show that I was ripping on the uh, possibility of ties? in playoff scenarios uh, uh yes like, you were we talked about that on wednesday we yeah. were talking about just why are we even looking at because if the, if the titans or no excuse me the texans <clears throat> and the colts tie the steelers would be in the playoffs yeah yeah if they beat the ravens and uh if they lose to the ravens and uh i guess the texans and colts tie then uh then they're out so like but that is the only way that there could be uh you know any resolution by saturday night don't anticipate that obviously and Ultimately, <clears throat> I do think one of those teams will lose. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think the Dolphins or the Titans will win. I, the th- okay, I feel you on that. That being said, let's get to Steelers-Ravens real quick here. We talked about who might not be playing for the Ravens, who might be playing for the Steelers. If the Steelers are to are, are to win this game, what's the biggest factor happening here, and what's a final score prediction we can have for you? Slowing down the the Ravens running game because I think I said on our Monday show I I think the script will be very vanilla from them even though sure they'd they'd love to you know be the bad guys and you know get some momentum heading into the playoffs they don't care nearly as much about that as they do staying healthy getting out of M and T Bank Stadium with everybody intact so yeah I think they're going to run the ball a lot try to shorten this game as few snaps as possible really on both sides of the ball so if you're the Steelers just don't get bullied the way that you did in 2019 when Gus Edwards looked like freaking uh you know Jim Brown in that game in the rain so uh, I think it's going to be rainy again it's 75 percent chance last I looked at the forecast so it could be an ugly muddy mucky game for both offenses that actually probably plays a little bit more into the Ravens hands with a bunch of backups in there but I still think the Steelers will find a way to get this done it just won't be pretty I'm gonna go Pittsburgh, 15, Baltimore, 6. Ooh, 15-6. That's an old – you're doubting Mason Rudolph right now. What are you doing with a 15? Yeah, I mean, I think even against a bunch of uh, – uh, again, a bunch of second and third stringers for Baltimore's defense, but that's a deep defense. You know, there's a reason that these guys are playing behind other players because the starters are are very good for the most part. I feel you there. I have it being 23-16. I think that the, it is it is a it is a hard-fought game. The Steelers get over the line. They make it happen there. Um, but I think it's going to be a good one. He's Brian Batko. I'm Chris Carter. That also means I think the Steelers make the playoffs, considering you put those two and two together and you get four. Yes. So I think the Steelers win. And I don't know if it's going to be the Jaguars who slip up or the Bills, but or I think both. we're going to be talking about uh, wild card round next week here on the North Shore Drive. That could be a lot of excitement here. We'll keep you posted here. We'll have our full team down there in Baltimore for the game sat for the game Saturday, and then keep it tuned here because we'll have the post game show here, and then also we'll get you our reaction if the Steelers make the playoffs Sunday. So stay tuned on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You can watch this show on YouTube, like this video if you enjoyed, subscribe to this channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from all of our different sports writers, as well as listen to this content on your favorite podcasting app. Um, thanks for everyone, and also read our work at post-gazette.com. We'll see you here again tomorrow on the on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast with Sarah Ellison, who's going to be cover who covers the Ravens. We'll talk about you that right here on the North Shore Drive podcast.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.